0: Grace, mercy, and peace are yours, from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The words for consideration this evening come from John chapter 18. Then the company of soldiers, their commander, and the Jewish guards arrested Jesus and bound him. This is the word of our Lord. I have a friend back in Minnesota who works in law enforcement. And maybe you have heard there are a number of high profile cases in Minnesota with the police department. And it's always interesting talking with him about the proper procedure that officers are to use when arresting a criminal. He cites the many failures that officers have taken in some of those cases. And even at times when we're watching TV or a movie, he will point out that, well, those officers must not have actually trained with police officers because. They're doing it all wrong. The proper use of of handcuffs and, and even zip ties for the safety of the arresting officers. The really bad criminals will get the shackles as well on their legs. That is kind of the scene that we have in the Garden of Gethsemane as there are the guards, the soldiers, arresting Jesus. Now, it's highly unlikely that they had handcuffs, most likely they had ropes or, or maybe even chains to arrest him. He notes that they come at him with swords and clubs, coming to arrest him, to take him into custody. And it completely makes sense that if you are arresting a, a criminal that you want to bind them for your safety. Except it made zero sense with Jesus. By this time, he would have already been well known for his power and might. News had spread throughout all of Israel and Jerusalem about his feeding of the 5,000, of the miracles that he did, the power that was at his disposal. He would have easily been able to snap any ropes, just like we hear in the Old Testament that Samson did. Even chains wouldn't contain his power, And even if, again, he he says, you know, if if it wasn't his own power, he said he had legions of angels at his disposal to protect him, right? These guards had no clue what they were doing. Arresting him and binding him was completely pointless because of Jesus' power. As foolish as those soldiers as we might think them being, with all the power at Jesus' disposal, we in many ways, in kind of a, a figurative way, bind Jesus' power as well. Maybe think about the, the last time that you had a, a, a medical scare, right? You, you went to the doctor. Maybe you went on WebMD. Maybe you went to, for a second or a third opinion before you prayed, right? We, we, we bind Jesus' hands to the power that he has to, to help us. His desire to use that power on our behalf And we don't even come to him in prayer. We completely forget about his power and often rely on our own, thinking that that's how we'll accomplish this. We bind Jesus' powerful hands because we don't even approach him. We don't even appeal to his power to make it useful on our behalf. He promises, he, he desires to do that, and yet we bind him. Or consider for a moment that these soldiers would would be arresting a a criminal. That's usually why you go and and arrest someone and, and bind them, because of crimes that they've committed. But what crimes had Jesus committed? Even on that night, there was no act, no violence taking place. He was in a garden praying. Is there anything more peaceful than that? And yet they come, as it says, with clubs and swords like he was a hardened criminal to arrest him. They bind him, a man of peace, a man that had shown compassion and love, had done nothing like criminals do. His reputation throughout the, the, the whole land was one that had shown love and mercy and compassion? He was he was the one that that even ate with the, the sinners? A man that preached love and faithfulness, compassion for the poor and the needy? What crime had he committed? How in any way was was he a criminal that needed to be arrested? I mean, even there, you yes, you have you have Peter right pulling out a sword and striking. But even there, right, Jesus tells him to put it away. Then he goes even above and beyond and shows compassion for Malchus by reattaching his ear. It was all peace. It was all mercy, love. And and yet, he's being treated like a criminal. Well, he's taking our place. We're the criminals. We're the ones that should be bound and, and sent away for punishment, we're the ones that act against God's law. We're the ones that commit the crimes. Now, again, you may be thinking to yourself, I don't see myself as a criminal. Right, those are the bad people out there. But a criminal's just someone who breaks laws. That's you. That's me. You've got ten of them. Pick any one of them. Or all of them, because you break them all. You can go down that list very quickly and see where you have failed today. This afternoon. Maybe some anger as you were driving here because someone cut you off. Maybe unkind words towards a coworker because they made another foolish mistake. Maybe impure thoughts that raced through your head because you saw something. We are the ones that deserve to be bound. We are the ones that deserve to be treated like criminals. We are the ones that should be sentenced to death, death and hell. But instead it's Jesus. And said, he's the one here that is arrested. He's the one that is bound. Because he allows it. Because he takes our place. He clearly had power to escape. He clearly didn't commit a single crime that was worthy of this arrest or being bound. But he followed God's plan. He allowed himself to be bound by these soldiers. He allowed himself to to go on trial He allows himself to be crucified to take our place and to pay for our sins, to set us free from the punishment we deserve. Instead of us being criminals, now we're citizens. Now we're children of God. Now we've been released from sin and death and even rewarded with everlasting life. That's what Jesus did for you. That's how he followed God's plan to rescue this world, to set you free from sin, death, and hell. And you truly are free. Now, I know at times it doesn't feel like you're very free of sin, that you may try to do what's right, and and you still end up doing what's wrong. You have all these great intentions and and everything, these plans that are are all going to be good and serving God. And then it turns out to be sin after sin after sin. But you are set free. The unbelieving world out there cannot do anything to please God. Everything they do is sin. It can't please God. Only the believer, only the Christian has been set free and can serve God. The scripture says whether you eat or drink, you do it to the glory of God. That's something that only happens because Jesus has set you free, set you free from that slavery. Set you free from that eternal punishment, has set you free to truly serve him. And so, as you leave here this evening, you are free. You are not bound. You are not arrested. You are not a uh, captive to sin. But you are free, free to serve him, free to honor his name, free to praise him every day with everything you say and do, because Jesus was bound in your place. Jesus was arrested. Jesus died to set you free. Amen. Please stand.